And this moment more than ever, we have to change what winning looks like. We have to change what winning looks like. It's in times like this that I don't, I think you can't let perfect be the enemy of really good. Some of us, we want to do everything with excellence. And by the way, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I think in this time, we cannot let uh, perfect be the enemy of really good. You're listening to the Lippert Academy for Leadership Podcast, a show where we invite leaders to have courageous conversations about the journey of leadership, work, and culture. Let's go. Welcome back to the Lippert Academy for Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Carr. Thanks so much for uh, for joining us again today as we have another courageous conversation around work, leadership, life, and today, crisis leadership. Um, so yeah, let's just set the stage here. It is uh, Wednesday, March 25th. Uh, I am working from home today. I've actually sort of set up in uh, in one of my son's bedrooms. He has a desk and a window and all that good stuff. Like many of you, you may be working from home or you may still be going in and it's a reduced workforce or not, depending on um, whether how many people are essential or not. Uh, because we're in the middle of a national and global pandemic with coronavirus and COVID-19. And there's no doubt that it has been some strange times over the last uh, over the last couple of weeks, and I'm sure it's only going to get more strange before it gets more back to normal. And so, this idea of crisis leadership is something that I've shared in a couple different spots, but wanted to to bring it here to the podcast and and have some conversation about what it is. And maybe now more than ever, there's a real chance for you to grow and develop your leadership skills around this idea of of crisis leadership. Now, I call it crisis leadership and not crisis management because I think that's what we really need is the leadership. And if we think about leadership as influence, what we really need is we need people that can influence well during a time of crisis. Because I'm going to argue that not since September 11th, 2001, have people been so scared, nervous, uncertain, unsure, uh, hesitant. And, and I would maybe even argue that this is in a different way than it was than it was then. And so what the world needs and what your organization needs now more than ever is leadership inside this crisis. And so you have a real opportunity and have had an opportunity over the last couple of weeks to leave an impact. Um, I put a post earlier uh, earlier this week and said, you know, think about a year from now down the road. A year from now down the road, your former employees, your current employees, or maybe even future employees are going to go, hey, remember last year when that uh, coronavirus thing hit? Yeah, do you remember when our leaders blank? And then they're going to fill in the blank about what you did and how you made them feel. And so you need to be thinking right now, how would you want your team members to fill in the blank a year from now? When they look back, yeah, they're going to think about the time off. Yeah, they're maybe going to think about missed wages. But I promise what they're going to think most is about what you did and the way in which you did it. And so if you can fill in that blank now, uh, I think that will be largely impactful in the way you think, the way you process, and the way you make decisions. And listen, let's be real clear. Um, this is uncharted territory for nearly every leader out there, right? So now is certainly the time to do the best you can, make the best decisions you can. 
I think it's a time to set your ego and bravado aside. Um, there shouldn't be anybody talking about how any organization is doing it better than others. You can certainly brag on your organization. Uh, but I think in times like this where nobody has experienced this and everybody has a new set of realities that trying to make sure that you win in terms of how you handle this, uh, I think it's probably just best to leave that at the door as we all try to show up the best way we know how uh, to lead our people well. And so what I want to do is I want to talk about this idea of crisis leadership and five tips for leading in times of uncertainty. And, and really, it all circles around this idea of communication. Communication. Uh, this was a quote I found. I, I don't know who to attribute it to because there wasn't uh, a source to cite it. Uh, but But here it is. In a crisis... Employee communication is often the thin thread that holds everyone and everything together. In a crisis, employee communication is often the thin thread that holds everyone and everything together. Because there's always so much certainty, because, I mean, just think how much the ground continues to shift under our feet even today. And and think about two or three weeks ago as things were just starting to shut down and things were just changing and there was new information. It seemed like almost hour by hour there was new information coming out and new declarations of emergency. It's this idea of communication that will hold everything together. Like people can have bad days, but if they don't know they're coming, then that's a real problem. So it all revolves around how important communication is. And so I want to walk through these five. Now, we're also going to put the slide deck up uh, in the show notes. We'll have a downloadable PDF of these slides uh, so you uh, you can grab them if you want and maybe go back and listen and take notes Take notes again on them, okay? So so here we go. So when we think about five tips for leading in times of uncertainty, here's the first one. There needs to be real clarity in expectations. There needs to be real clarity in expectations. As a leader, when you communicate, you need to communicate your expectations very clearly. You need to, People need to know exactly what you want them to do and what to expect. You cannot let people fill in the gaps or fill in the blanks on their own because most times... And I do this and you do this. When we have to fill in the gaps, we normally fill them in (laughs) where we figure out the way it's going to hurt us the most, where it's going to impact us the most negatively. Very rarely do we start to think of the most positive things when we have to fill in the gaps when there's lack of information. So we can't let people fill in the gaps. We have to fill those in. As you communicate with clarity, couple of thoughts. Make sure you pay attention to your body language. We talk a lot about the importance of body language and communication. And so make sure you're paying attention to your body language as you're communicating. Are you waving your hands a lot? How agitated are you? Your tone of voice goes along with that. Um, You don't need to be monotone, but when people get nervous, when people get anxious, they start to talk real fast and they like to fill in the blanks with a lot of ums and wells. I I don't, you know, you know, um, uh, and you need to just Slow down, quiet your body, slow your tone, sometimes even lower your tone of voice and slow your cadence. Because when you speak under control and you can slow your tone and slow your cadence, people will start to listen more because they don't want to miss what you're saying versus when you're anxious and you talk real fast and blah, 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 and people don't even know what you're saying. And then obviously pay attention to your words. When you think about having clarity, uh, say what you need to say and then stop talking. 
Don't use any more words than you need to. And make sure the words are done in a way that everyone can understand it. Avoid swearing, if at all possible. Swearing anytime you swear, whether it's you do it all the time naturally, that will put people on edge. It, it becomes a fight or flight mechanism when people hear somebody swear. Um, they all respond differently. So, so try to keep your swearing uh, to a minimum. And again, as a leader, when you think about giving clarity and expectations, and we talked about this before when we talked about having hard conversations, and it may be worth going back and listening to those two episodes. We talked about absorbing chaos, creating calm, and providing hope. I don't want to talk a lot about those again. Go back and listen to those two episodes on on having hard conversations. But now more than ever as a leader, is it time for you to absorb chaos, create calm, and provide hope? And you do that through having clarity in your expectations. The second idea is there needs to be simplicity in your communication. Simplicity in your communication. We just talked about be really careful about the words you choose. Um, you know, we are all becoming uh, more and more familiar with with medical terms over the last couple of weeks. We need to make sure that everybody understands it. If you have multiple languages, make sure your translations are good um, and you're communicating in a way that people understand. I think the other thing is, as we talk about simplicity and communication, maybe now more than ever, there's a time just to be absolutely transparent. Here's what we know. Here's what we don't know. Here's what I know now. Here's what we know in the decisions we're making. Yes, that may change next hour based off new facts and new information. If there was ever a time to to open up and let people peek behind the curtain of the process, even of the financial, so everybody knows where you're at, I think that would be critically important. Last week, I was having a, a call with a small business owner, and he was talking about how he was going to manage the slowdown in business with his with his staff and, and all the hours people need. And we just had a real honest conversation about lay the books out. What do you project your sales are going to be? Because you're obviously reforecasting your budget. Hopefully, you're doing that as well in the moment. But look at your budget. What does your labor need to be as a percentage of projected sales? And then sit down with the 25 people on your team and say, this is the number we have to hit. To start with, I'm taking myself out of the labor pool as the owner. Uh, I can take a reduction in pay or no pay for the next couple of weeks. And so I'm going to pull that out. So now here's the percentage. My key leaders, here's the hours they're going to be giving back. Here's what's left. And so that means everybody's going to need to lose six, eight, 10 hours. If you can afford to lose more, let us know. Maybe we'll give some of your hours to someone who can't afford to lose as many. I just think now's not a time to let people wonder how you came to that decision. Don't let them fill in the blanks and go, well, yeah, of course they decided that because that works out really well for them. Like lay it all out there. And yes, that means it's going to take longer to communicate it. Yes, that may mean you're going to have to have more one-on-one conversations with people. All of that is true and all of that is necessary in a time of crisis because people need to know what you're doing and the way you're thinking and how you're going about making your decisions. By the way, all the trust you've hopefully hopefully have built up over the last months and years with them, now's the time this really matters. And if you're a leader where your team hasn't really trusted you a lot in the last couple of weeks or the last couple of years or maybe ever, that's going to show because no amount of explaining to them is going to matter because they don't trust you. This is why when things are good, when things are booming, 
it's important to still lead really, really well and why trust is so important. But getting back to simplicity and communication, when you think about communicating to your people, there are two questions that I want you to think about and answer before you communicate to them. Here they are. What do I want them to know and how do I want them to feel? If you can answer those two questions, what do I want them to know and how do I want them to feel when when I'm done communicating? If you can answer those two questions, you'll communicate clearly and you'll communicate um, very simplistic because you're going to want them to understand it. So clarity and expectations, simplicity and communication. Here's the third one. Be decisive. Make a decision. Now, some of you have no issue with that and you make decisions really quickly and you make them fast and you make them like that all the time. Some of you, you overthink and you don't make decisions ever or you make them way too slowly. I'm going to argue in a time of crisis, there's probably a balance. If you're one who makes decisions really, really quickly all of the time, there may be a moment here where you need to slow down just a little bit to include as many people as you can in the conversations. No, you should not ever be making decisions in a vacuum, especially in the moment right now where there's so much at stake. And if you are a leader who doesn't have a sounding board, who doesn't have a uh, a team that you can bounce ideas off of, you need to reach out and make sure you find somebody to do that because you don't want to make those decisions in a vacuum. So you need to include people. That means some of you may need to slow down, but at some point you have to make a decision. In crisis, people are looking for leaders who will make decisions, right or wrong, make the decision the best you can with the best information you have. No, you don't need input from everybody. Yes, you probably need to get some input from some folks. Above all, it's safety first. Above all, it's safety first. Um, At the end of the day, you want your people and the people inside your organization to be safe. You want them to end the day in the same physical condition they started the day. That needs to be your first and primary filter. Now, yes, that may mean the numbers look different. Yes, that may mean the the projections look different. I think in this moment more than ever, we have to change what winning looks like. We have to change what winning looks like. It's in times like this that I don't, I think you can't let perfect be the enemy of really good. Some of us, we want to do everything with excellence. And by the way, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I think in this time, we cannot let uh, perfect be the enemy of really good. Would I rather be in my office where I know the sound quality is probably a little better for this podcast? Yes. Um, But I'm not going to let perfect be the enemy of really, really good. And so I think this speaks to making decisions. One more point I want to talk about this, and I want to when I, I want to go back to what changing looks like and being decisive. You need to pull out your 2020 strategic plan and your 2020 goals that you set at the beginning of the year or at the end of 2019 and reevaluate. Because what the rest of 2020 will look like will be extremely different. You at some point, and maybe it needs to be done virtually via WebEx or Zoom or Skype or whatever it is, you probably need to have another strategic planning session with your leadership team, maybe even with your board of directors. What does winning look like the rest of 2020 if we assume things don't don't start flowing again until May 1st and things really don't start popping again until June 1st or July 1st or maybe even August 1st, God forbid? 
what does a successful 2020 now look like? Because I promise you, it should look and probably will look a little different than you thought it would on January 1st or January 15th or February 1st. So take some time to reflect on that and be decisive and make those decisions. Here is the fourth idea, is you're going to need some creative improvisation. Now more than ever, there are no dumb ideas. And so you need to make sure that you speak up if you have an idea. Um, Even if you don't feel it's your quote-unquote place to do that, speak up, share. Don't sit back and go, well, you know what I think they really should do, but they're probably never going to ask me, so I'm not going to say it. Uh, Now's not the time for that. Speak up. Send the note, make the phone call, have the conversation, have the FaceTime video, speak up, let people know what you're thinking. Now more than ever, businesses need to get creative because we are well past plan A, we're past plans B, C, and D. Um, Because here's what happens. When we get scared, when we get nervous, when we get unsure of the future, we do a couple things. We slow down, not always a bad thing, unless it comes to a complete stop and we can't make any decisions out of fear and panic. We slow down and we also just start to play it really, really safe. I'm sure many of you are in an environment where your spending policies have changed than what they were two months ago. That's a result of unknown. And by the way, that's solid business. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying that that now is a time to find some creative ways to still do what you do. Don't allow the fear to shut everything down. Yes, you need to make good business decisions and change strategies, but just don't play it so safe that you come to a screeching halt during this time. There is still work to be done. There are still people to influence. There are still people to connect with. There are still opportunities to grow yourself, grow your teams, and grow your business if you know how to look for it. It's just going to take a little bit of creative improvisation. And here's the last one. Above all, love. Above all, love. Edward Albert has a quote that the simple act of caring is heroic. The simple act of caring is heroic. And we're seeing this all over the place with first responders and medical personnel, doctors and nurses, and everybody in the healthcare field who are stepping up and filling in the gap and just love. You're in a unique spot as a leader in a real and tangible way. Real and tangible ways. Maybe it means you're going to pay when they're not working. Maybe it means you're giving alternate shifts. Uh, maybe it means you're extending benefits. Whatever that is, you're in a, re- in a unique position to show love in a real and tangible way to people. Listen to me. Social distancing does not mean relational distancing. Just because I can't get within six feet of somebody doesn't mean I still can't connect deeply with them. We should be reaching out to people now more than ever, because of our cell phones, because of technology, it has never been easier. There has never been a better time, as bad as this will sound, there has never been a better time to have to be socially distant because we can be connected. Listen, people are scared. People are unsure. Their kids are out of school. They're not sure if, if school's going to happen again. You've got tons of disappointment with seniors and musicians and athletes who, who have lost their spring sports, their spring schedules, their spring concerts, whatever, whatever it is. Um, 
You've got people wondering how they're going to provide childcare. You've got people that were a two income family that are now down to no income or maybe one income. People are really scared, man. Just love. I mean, above all else, slow down, let the business decisions happen when and as they need to, but spend a good part of your day, just connecting with people, letting you know, you care for them and find out what you can do for them. Do for one person, what you wish you could do for a hundred. Do for 50 people, what you wish you could do for 500,000. Like, Find ways to love people. And I'm just going to say this because this matters to me. And so take this or leave this next piece of this. If you're a person of faith, and I don't really even care what faith it is, because I'm going to bet your faith has something to say about uh, times of crisis, about times of uncertainty, about times of fear. Live it out. Now more than ever is a time not just to talk about your faith, but to live it out. There's a verse in the, the New Testament of the Bible that says, always be prepared for the hope you have. I don't have to explain the doctrine. I don't have to know the verses. I don't have to be able to quote all of the passages. I just have to tell you why I believe it and why it matters so much to me. Why do I have a hope? Why am I not scared of the future? Why am I confident about the way I'm going to live coming out of this and the hope I have for myself, my family, and our nation and our world. Live it out. If that's you, now more than ever. Like I said at the beginning, your people will remember the way you've acted and the way you've made them feel during this pandemic. Some of you as leaders are stamping and creating your legacy right now. Right now. The things you say and the things you do now will be what you are remembered for forever. So those of you who maybe look back on your leadership legacy and you wish you could have done some things differently, you have a chance right now to make all of those other things, maybe not forgotten, but you have a chance to do it right. And you have a chance to make a huge, huge impact. I went in with this, um, Victor, Victor Frankel, um, was a, uh, was an Austrian neurologist. He spent time and survived Auschwitz in world war II. And he began to observe people when they're put in that situation where everything is taken for them, taken from them. And here's what he said. Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. When everything else is taken from you, when your job is taken from you, when your uh Kids sports is taken from you. The one thing that isn't is how we choose to respond. And what I've seen as we talk a lot about identity and that our identity gets wrapped up in what we do, your identity gets wrapped up in your work. What happens when you can't go to work? When you, If your identity is wrapped up in how well you get a, to impact people in the moment on the job every day, what happens when you can't go impact people on the job every day? If your identity is wrapped up in your kids sports, what happens when all of their sports are canceled? What happens when you're, when the things you thought your identity rested in begin to get taken away from you? This is why knowing who you are at your core is really, really important. I'm going to put this in a little bit of even different context. And those things that are taken away, I think in a lot of our lives, they become idols. They become things not only that we need, but that we begin to worship in a weird way. And so what happens when those things are taken away? We're left with looking at ourselves and recognizing who am I if I'm not? 
this. Who am I if I don't get to do this every day? And so what what Dr. Frankel was talking about, that when everything is taken from somebody, the last human freedom is the ability to choose our attitude. He also said this, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. Between stimulus, COVID-19, uh, social distancing, government lockdowns, stay-at-home orders. Between stimulus and our response is a space. And it's the power to choose, actually, how we're going to respond. One more quote from Dr. Frankel, and I love this one. In some way, suffering ceases to be suffering at the moment it finds a meaning. In some way, suffering ceases to be suffering at the moment it finds a meaning. So here's my challenge for you. In this moment of global pandemic, in this moment of coronavirus, find meaning. What is your meaning? What is the meaning of this for you? How are you going to come out of this better? How are you going to come out of this different? How are you going to come out of this looking back going, I have grown coming out of this. Suffering ceases to be suffering at the moment it finds a meaning. So find your meaning in this because I promise as a leader, there's meaning for you. You have really important work to do. And so hopefully some of these tips, some of these suggestions have helped you. If you have other ones, I would love for you to share them with us. Share them wherever you find uh, wherever you find this podcast. If you come through it on LinkedIn, share that. If you want to email them to us, you can do that. Academy at LCI1.com. We'll try to share those ideas as well. But now more than ever, um, the world needs your voice as a leader and your team and your organization and your family needs your voice as a leader and as a person of influence. So don't waste, don't waste this moment. Okay, the views and opinions expressed on this podcast belong solely to the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the view or the mission of Lippert Component Inc. Now, before I go on and thank the folks, I just got this because I just thought of this. If you need help, if you're in a spot and you just don't know what to do or you need someone to talk to, will you please reach out to me? Dcar, my last name is spelled K-A-E-H-R, dcar at lci1.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Instagram. Reach out to me. I would love to help you um, just in this moment. Navigate whatever it is you're navigating, okay? I want you to know that I that I am here um, and that I want to listen and I want to help. Okay, back to this. As always, thanks to Eternity Bro for the theme music, to Michael Yoder and the amazing team at Truthwork Media for the production. Until next time. I'm your host, Dustin Carr, reminding you to take care of yourself, take care of others, and to think differently, lead courageously, and live passionately. See ya.